Cat Disgusted is a show about veterinary nursing. It is not a show about how to cure your sick pet. If your animal is sick, take it to the vet. Don't be a crazy person and use a podcast to cure your puking cat, dog, chinchilla, etc., etc. I think they would tell you the same thing. If they could. Which they can't. Which makes it hard. You know what's up. Take them to the vet. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the best of times and the worst of times in veterinary nursing. What the hell are we doing? Well, it's Chihuahua snapping feral cats flailing all while working with the baddest bitches in the business. I'm your host, Nicole Dickerson, RBT, and this... It's how our week went. Oh, yeah. It's time for smooth jazz. <laughs> it is time for smooth <laughs> jazz with the dog under the chair. That's He'll right. be singing us the sweet smooth jazz later, I'm sure. Okay. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning once again into Cat Disgusted. Today is different uh today i'm coming to you from the headquarters of go cat go uh go cat go is a san francisco-based cat behavior consulting firm i'll accept that yeah you'll accept. okay yeah, that's that good that's great. good um <laughs> this is my good friend daniel qualiotzi oh qualiotzi qualiotzi i even wrote it down phonetically in these notes and i still yeah, couldn't do it's it it's rough i mean try living 45 years of your life with uh with, with a bowl of spaghetti as a name. With exact quality. Um, yeah. Just call me DQ. DQ. That's, that'll work. I love that. So DQ uh, lives in San Francisco. DQ is saving cats from their owners one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Since 2000. Uh, since 2012. Oh, look. I totally wrote that down. Yeah. I th- there was a comment on your website that was from 2012 oh, about right your hair or something. Oh, okay. So yeah, I was like, so oh, that's got to be the beginning. Dates back to, yeah, 2012. I love it. June 2012, to be exact. June 2012. Oh, the yeah. summer. Yeah, so we're coming up on a five-year anniversary. Oh, that's fabulous. Yeah. This is the 25th episode of Cat Disgusted. Oh, man. All right, good. So I feel like it's all going to come together with yeah. the Cat Disgusted yeah. Go, Cat Go. So I would love for you to tell the people um, a little bit about how you came to this business, because I have to say you're, you're the only cat behavior consultant that I know. Right on. I was going to say, which is all yeah, in your favor, great. right? That's yeah. wonderful. Um, <laughs> but maybe a little bit about how how you came to do what you do. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, so I got the crux of my uh, experience working for the San Francisco SPCA. That's right. And that's yeah. where I met you was San Francisco That's right. SPCA. Yeah, I was thinking that. I, I actually remember the day you were in our office uh, talking about volunteering. You just started volunteering. Oh, my God. So you were there around, for that. That actually was probably around 2010. Oh, I love that. That's how I got in, That's how I got into yeah. vet teching was by volunteering at SFSPCA. Yeah. I love so much that you remember that. That's yeah. fabulous. So that's, I mean, that's how I entered, too. I entered as a volunteer back in uh, 2001. Yeah. And then by 2002, I'm, uh, I'm, well, I was, I was volunteering there because I had, uh, been laid off from my dot-com job in the early 2000s, oh, right. uh, which was not a big deal because I was not a tech person. I was just like, you know, just working there. So, mm-hmm. uh, I went from extreme profit to nonprofit and, uh, took a, a job at the SPCA eventually, which ended up spiraling into a career, uh, that lasted from 2002 to 2013. Oh my goodness, you were there for a long time. Yeah, so I mean, in all kinds of capacities, uh, working in adoptions, I worked in outreach, doing adoptions on the street and at Macy's and all over the uh, city. And then around 2006, I started, uh, I, I joined the cat behavior department. There was an actual cat behavior department yes. at that time. Yes. And uh, so shortly after I joined, we had a real big shakeup with a uh, new presidents and new leadership. And uh, my job sort of changed more into this job of being uh, uh, intake. So I started doing cat intake uh, every day for, gosh. And this, this is the animals that you would intake, right? Yeah, just from, like, uh, strictly cats. Control. Yeah, strictly cats kids. from animal care and control, yeah. from uh, rescue groups, from shelters all over the Bay Area, really. Right. Um, so I started to, to specialize only in cats, cat behavior, and really 
um, focusing on just how freaking hard it is for a cat to go through that process, to enter an animal shelter. And then, you know, we have these uh, expectations of normal behavior. Right. right? So, <laughs> and we have time limits on how, how you know, how, you, how much time a cat has to be normal, right. to present normal behavior. So, right. you know, doing intake especially, you know, you're seeing cats at their worst yeah. on their first, second, or third day of arrival. Especially um, animal care and control, which is in, inundated. Yeah, right? yeah. Every day there's, yeah. you know, there's a new, a new case to look at. So mm-hmm. you end up being an intake psychic. <laughs> you, <Yeah. laughs> you, try, you try your best to look at the snapshot of this cat who's miserable, frozen, or hissing, can't be touched, aggravated, all of that completely now, having done this long enough, normal behavior. Yeah. Normal reaction to being, having all your freedoms taken away. You know, I'm looking at all that, and um, I'm seeing these cats in these uh, windows of time, and I'm trying to predict, okay, well, if I move you into a room that's bigger, and I put some special people in the room with you every day, Will that change? How will you do? Right. So then that becomes my job. My job becomes not only intake, but now setting the pace for their entire uh, stay at the shelter and then beyond. And and to do that, you you have to tap into the human component of that, the the people who are either surrendering the cats, who Mm -hmm. are adopting the cats. So it becomes uh, social work for me. Mm -hmm. It becomes a job where I'm now dabbling in human emotion every day where I'm grief counseling, where I'm trying to decipher what's true, right? a human emotional interpretation of a problem versus the real problem. It's crazy. Cause it's like the whole, I mean the kid, it's definitely cat focused. I mean, yeah. you're focused on the animals, but the whole reason the animal is even in the situation that it's in yeah. is all because of the humans. Absolutely. I mean, there's someone made a choice Yes. to either give up, their relationship that they had or to take the best chance they could Mm. to make the relationship better. So if you've worked in a shelter at all, or even a, 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 you know, in a, in a veterinary office, you know that people get really, really emotional about the choice they're making. There's a lot, a tremendous amount of guilt in that decision. So what I learned in that time was like, you know, just there's, there's drama. There's so much drama that people want, to sort of absorb in, in the shelter environment. I don't fault them for that. It's just part of, yeah. of seeing a cat come in and either poor condition mm-hmm. or a perfectly good cat come in that you just adopted out yeah. five days ago to really great people. Why? Why? Why is it back, right? Right. And this, you mean like drama like within the staff? Within even, staff. Like in the mostly shelter. Mostly, I mean, let's just say it. Volunteers tend to be more dramatic than the staff oh do God, because the right. staff know that there are repercussions to being dramatic. Yes, yes, Where volunteers yes. can just be like, fuck it. Uh, I think what you're doing is wrong. I think your decisions are bad. I think you should move the cat here. I think, you know, all that stuff. So my, my job at the SPCA became one where I was managing volunteers, also instructing them and teaching them and trying to get ahead of this. So it's a, it's a circle, the circle that we're dealing with where the animal enters. Now we have to be marketing managers for the cat. Now, Yes, right? that's so right. Cat comes in who bites and scratches mm. or when petted becomes right. a cat that we write very gingerly about that behavior so that it can be adopted. But we also have the right kind of people who are spending time with the cat. Right. We have the right kind of people collecting them. data on the cat mm-hmm. and we are not using our own judgment and emotion to place the cat. Yeah. We are using just the facts and just you and our best interpretation of that match and trying to move them forward. So you take all that, what, 12, 13 years of that. Yeah. And then you say, I say, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Shit. I'm really burned out. And there's gotta, who can I rely on to stop people from surrendering cats? So I looked around and I really could not find the help I needed in mm-hmm. prevention. So I became that resource. Okay. And, and I and, left. And you left. I left. And you just kind of like jumped into the deep end of the pool. Like you didn't have any transition between yeah. the volunteers that you had or the clients that were there no. to carry over. With no, you. I mean, I started Go Cat Go a year before I quit. So I'm doing okay. it part time uh, in 2012 to 2013, but I'm, I'm doing it, you know, I'm working a 40 hour week and then oh, at yeah. night I'm leaving the SPCA and I'm going straight to someone's house oh, and I'm doing yeah. their, their consultation. Yeah. So 
uh, you know, you fast forward a year of just starting the business and it, and it also being, you know, it's kind of a conflict of interest for me to have mm. that business and to work at the SPCA. And, and that was delicate. Right. So there was a chain of command where I was, you know, I, where I could be referred to, but not, not until after their own in-house resources were used. Up. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I got to a point where honestly, uh, shelter work after a decade can be really burning Oh, out it can absolutely. Burn you to the <laughs> to a crisp. Right. I uh, feel like we've we've touched on that here yeah. in this podcast before. It's fatiguing. Too. It is. And well, there's a phrase that you know has been going around sure. very much in veterinary technicians. Compassion though. Fatigue. That's it. Oh, that's so yeah. funny. See, that's a real thing, it's a real and it, thing. it's actually a big deal in vet tech world because the average. They say the average, you know, lifespan, saying that with air quotes, of a veterinary technician is like five to seven years. Yeah, I believe it. And in shelters. It's even less because mm-hmm. you have you're euthanizing for population reasons right. and not for like behavioral reasons right. or like you know it it bit a police officer in the face reasons or whatever you know I mean like yeah. it's just merely because there's too many right so I could see how the burnout of being uh, being the behavior person so you're dealing with the human behavior right and the cat and then behavior. you so you're dealing well in a case like you're mentioning like you know at in I had the well. At the SPCA, we had um, a pretty great policy mm-hmm. as far as you know, um, as far as which animals we would choose to make a decision on, as far as euthanasia. In my experience, it was so rare. Oh that yeah, but that's good. Right? It was so rare, and the choices that you were making were based mostly on behavior that was really, really extreme, or medical conditions that were really, really right. Extreme, that, right. That's the big one. Yeah. So, I can relate to that. I was never, um, I never had to perform euthanasias or do any of that kind of stuff in my experiences, but certainly had to make the decision to do so with other folks. It was never one person's decision. Um, So we had, um, you know, a a group of people, we'd all have to really discuss it thoroughly, but that conversation is fatiguing. Then you do your, you know, you, you, the, the euthanasia happens and then the fatigue of all of us mm-hmm. dealing with the aftermath of our own way of processing it, volunteers yeah. who find out after the fact. So, you know, you as a shelter worker, as anyone who works with animals, you are absorbing your case and you are mm-hmm. absorbing everyone involved in that case. Right. And um, it never feels it's never going to feel good. Right. It's never a good <laughs> thing. So terrible. this became your cause was yeah. to was to prevent to pre- as many of those situations Absolutely. as possible. Yeah. To, to get ahead of it. To yep. to get the conversation beyond I give up. Yes. You know? And so when you're answering intake calls, yeah. people who are calling the shelter, they're calling the shelter because chances are that they've maybe they didn't look hard, but they went through as much of their, you know, their resources as they could and they came to this hard right. decision. That's right. If you're trying to talk them out of it over the phone, what you're going to get in most cases is people saying, I tried that, I tried that, I tried mm-hmm. that, because they've already convinced mm-hmm. it was so hard to get there mm. to say I give up that they can't, they, it's hard to walk it back. But in my experience now, I'm working in the homes with people. Yeah. I'm, I'm seeing the thought process. I'm seeing the corner they turn where it's like, oh, that's where you're going wrong. And that right. so it's... It's a beautiful um, circle for me to get yeah. now to, to have gone to the extreme. I always I kind of always equate it to working like it's like working in a prison and then deciding <laughs> I will want to be a social worker for people who are, you know, doing or screwed up things and getting themselves in prison. You know? Oh, I like that. Yeah, so, I like that. So, OK, so on your so now so you made this transition to to be independent from the sfspca you got your own company so if i'm a person so say i'm a person that has a kitty that attacks people when they come in the door i know that's a big one that you get how how do i get how do i go through the process of contacting you like take me through the process of like i found i googled cat behavior san francisco and this tattooed (laughs) dude came up And uh, yeah. it sounds like he knows what yeah. he's doing. All right. So I, 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 if, I, if I could streamline the process, it typically goes like this. You're searching. You find me online. Mm-hmm. You can find me very easily by in all social media uh, venues through at GoCatGoSF. Dig it. Um, so you'll find my website. You'll see a list of things that I work with. You'll see people who, uh, you know, testimonials. You'll see a lot of videos. I do a lot of videos uh, mm-hmm. with off-the-cuff 
no bullshit advice. <laughs> right. Um, I, <laughs> I'm coming from a place where I kind of, there's, there's a spiritual relationship that I have with cats I'm trying to share with people. One that requires you to surrender yourself to the fact that you have cats and you have no fucking control over this relationship. <laughs> right. So I think when people find me and they That's start right. to hear and see my philosophy, they can relate to it. And honestly, they're relieved because trying to control things isn't working. Fighting That's where it crashes and burns, right? man. That's the yeah. thing. So, <clears throat> so you mentioned this issue attacking visitors, right? Yeah. Like, and you can imagine when I get that call, I'm like, Oh, fantastic. Right. I'm just, I'll, I'll, be, right I, I'll be right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so in those cases, uh, you know, I, after they have contacted me, basically I make it pretty easy. There's a uh, contact request form that just pl- you plug in your information. Mm-hmm. It sends your request to me. Right. I look at it and then I have to make the decision about when and where and how I'm going to get to your house. Right. right. But you do, you do do home. The home visits is like the home primary visits thing. is probably 90% of what I'm doing Wow. Yeah, in the Bay area, uh, all over San Francisco, all over East Bay, uh-huh. Sonoma. I go way out there. I mean, I'll go basically anywhere within about 50 miles. Right. Um, and I charge for the distance and the time, but, um, it's uh, it's 90% of what I do. The other 10% right now is Skype and remote consultations for people who oh. don't live close or oh that I did I didn't know you did yeah that. I do that so on Mondays uh-huh. from 11 to 7 yeah uh, yep. I am at my computer sometimes I'm in my backyard uh-huh. and I Skype with people all over the world oh I love it what's so, the furthest away person that you've Skyped with uh, England I, I love it yeah. overseas yeah. it's good British short hair cats oh uh, no way. but I've done New Zealand I have done Whoa. Yeah, maybe that's farther Hell uh, yeah, that's farther. That's like <laughs> a bottom of the earth. I haven't looked at a globe in a while. Dang. Um, I think uh, most of the people are in California. A lot uh, of people in LA because Jackson Galaxy is too popular uh, to reach to his that remote area. Yeah, right. Uh, so we, I get a lot from LA, from San Diego, Texas. Wow. Honestly, I get a lot from where I have people who are connected to me, who refer to me. And thank God for the internet, Facebook, Oh, it, ch- it, ch- it, cha- it changed the stuff. world for independent people, yeah. I feel like, for yeah. people who have businesses of their right. own. It's a, that it's like made it possible, which is fabulous. Yeah. Now, I know I, I did bring up the cat attacking yeah. people thing because yeah. I know that's a thing you deal with. But what, it, what do you think is the um, – what are the top three things that people will contact you for regarding their cat? And it's cats in their yeah. house, right? They're mostly indoor cats. Yeah, I mean, with. it's sometimes it, – most of the time it's indoor. It can be indoor, outdoor. People having problems with cats – that live in their outdoor area. Oh, you do that to, too? I, I, wow. I, can, I can spin yarns of advice about pretty much any issue. Yep. But I think, yep. <clears throat> excuse me, um, in this case, the top three, let's go with number one first. Yeah. Uh, topping the list, it's litter box. I knew it. Always I knew it. Box. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I knew it was litter I mean, box. Litter box in general, that can go in 20 different directions. Uh, you know, because um, they're shitting in your house. Yeah. It's such a freaking problem. Cat is oh. not shitting in the box yep. I bought. Yeah. Right? What Which, the hell? I, mean, I, you, I go off a half hour on philosophy behind the that and our, our expectations and assumptions. Right. That just because we bought a, a box that we liked. Yeah. That the cat will shit in the box. Yeah. I think <laughs> shitting in the box alone <laughs> is amazingly. Like we it's a miracle that it happens at all, that. right? Yeah, right. I thought that too. Like when I first got uh, Todd, when he was the size of a freaking croissant, you know, and I like put him in the box and I scraped his little toes in there and I was like, you're going to pee in there now, yeah. right? And he said, meow. And you know what? He freaking did. Yeah. No, he sometimes it, it works like a charm. Yeah. <laughs> and then other times, you know, uh, there are other factors. And right. Because placement is a big one, right? Yeah. Like where you put the box. I mean, here's I mean, top number one problem is litter box slash spraying marking uh-huh, or those two uh-huh, things uh-huh. getting confused about like people can often confuse what is marking versus what is toileting in an area that just became a right. new preference. Right? Oh, very good. Yes. Yes. So if I'm going to give you the basics on this, what I basically say to people, what we look at is. We look at the litter box first because mm-hmm. the science, you know, it's the science of litter box usage. Yeah. If that is not covered first, yeah. The emotional part is harder to get into once mm-hmm. we have cleared a lot of the experimenting that you have to do. So by experimenting, mm-hmm. I'm talking about litter types, 
right. know, it can be right. everything from uh-huh. scent to feel to depth. Most people are making very personal choices. Well, that's who they're selling it to. Yes. Like the people who yeah. make cat litter are right. selling it to the people. Ease. They're not selling it to kitties. Yes, they're playing into the ease of having a litter box. Yep. And I'm finding that the more people play into the ease with really, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a fan. I'm also not against decorative mm-hmm. litter boxes. Sure. If they, if it's working out, if but it's if it, working, if your cat is pooping outside of the decorative litter box, yeah, your cat has great intentions, but you are not meeting his expectations, right? And the preferences now need to be discussed, right? Yes, yes. So it's location, location, location. Uh huh. Uh-huh. It's design and type. It's who who is your cat? What is your cat like? Do you watch your cat go in the box? Do you watch how that looks? Do you watch? Are they spinning around and making choices? Do they go in and get out right. fast? I mean, there's a a lot of things that we have to talk through. Yeah, and this is what you do when answer. you go to their house yeah. is because you're looking at where right. it is and you're meeting the kitty. Before I even arrive, I've already collected a summary of their information. So mm-hmm. I have a baseline before I come, and then we start the troubleshooting because I want to be efficient with the time. Right, and I right. I want to sit with people and, and spend that time in collaboration mm-hmm. rather in, than in you you know, giving me... Mm-hmm. All your cat's idiosyncrasies. Yeah, it's just dump, dumping yeah. the whole stuff that thing. doesn't even matter. Dumping. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things to do with the second biggest problem, mm-hmm. excessive meowing. Is really? Big. It's a bit. Well, okay. So we got you. You asked for three. I'm gonna go. Uh, with, yeah. With aggression. Yeah. W- and just lump it into play aggression, petting aggression, right? Status aggression, territorial aggression. Don't touch me. Get the fuck away from me. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Give me a wide berth. Yeah. Aggression. Yep. Yep. And then excessive excessive meowing, I find people generally have a very low tolerance for. That's so interesting to me. And a lot of the help or the assistance that they're receiving yeah. as far as advice is me talking to them about restraint and talking oh. to them about cause and effect. Right. Why the cat's making noise. Your cat makes noise to get you to do this. Yeah. Then, then he does that. Then you do this. And it's just back and forth, back and uh-huh, forth. They're playing ping pong uh-huh. with this. So you start first with, can you, can you stop? Can you stop answering the meows? Can you That's stop what it is, right? Because you're giving the cat what it wants right. when it's making the noises. Excessive meowing in general is usually like it's pinpointed to, I just woke up in the morning or it's, mm-hmm. I'm waking up too early. Right. I'm fighting against a cat's circadian rhythm that is opposite of mine. And I wonder why. Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. that stuff. And then just boredom, right? Mm. So boredom plays into almost every problem I mean, any problem oh. I'm addressing, I can go back to what does your cat do all day long? Right. Right. See, environmental enrichment is yeah. a thing that happens on, even on hospital, like sure. take home, yeah. home care, discharge instructions. Yep. So if your cat is biting you, okay, mm-hmm. well, well, what happens before the bite? What are you doing to provoke the bite? Most people say, oh, I'm doing nothing. It's unprovoked, right? right. But unprovoked means your cat bit you because there's a deficit going on somewhere all throughout the day, right? Right. It's misfiring. Your cat is now just... Oh, it's just, just pent-up yeah, energy, pent right? There's nowhere up. for yeah. it to go. Absolutely. I mean, they're outdoor. This is the other thing I, I maybe kind of love about kitties in a way is that they're wild animals in your house. Like a dog is a domesticated creature. Like dogs by the name they've been domesticated longer in human history so like they listen to us they're expectant of like a communication between the two kitties domesticated way 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 shorter time they are punk rock they don't like they own us at its best that's right that's That's exactly right so it makes sense to me that you know you have this wild animal you've basically put in a box and you're making it poop in a box i I, one of the things a little displeased i i wrote well i write a lot of different blogs most of them are pretty snarky it's just snarky about the relationship we have and yeah. how much we misunderstand, right? Right. But this whole living in a box thing, like, okay, live in my house with temperature control mm-hmm. and you know, practically mostly artificial light or, or a, a square of light on your on the floor for yeah. a few hours of the day, and I'll go to work for eight hours of that while you're sleeping. Right. I'll get home when you wake up, or you'll wake up because I got home, and then I'll do nothing. Yeah. I'll go to sleep, or I'll I'll go on Netflix, or <laughs> I'll you know. <laughs> do whatever yeah. uh, and then I'll wonder why you woke me up early because right. this cat got its 12 hours of sleep and then like it's supposed to woke up to be active and then found nothing to do right right and average people admit to trying to play with their cats 15 minutes a day no. I say I read through right through that that's 15 minutes a week 
It's wow, most people yeah. are mostly not playing with their cats. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And then it's when like when start... dentists ask you how often you floss, yeah, right? right? You're right, like, yeah. oh yeah, I'll like well, every up. other day. They're like, yeah, once a fucking month. Right. Yeah. So. But I'll call them out because I'll be like, yeah, well, show me what that looks like. Show me your cat's favorite toys. And most of them, are, oh. they tell me, well, you know, they're not into it. They don't, they're not mm-hmm. into the toys for, you just can't get them. Mm-hmm. So I'll break out. Nothing special. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's a, a, a free plug. Neko Flies toys are amazing. They look really, really Are realistic. those the ones on the stick with the uh, little doohickey that, on the string? Is That's that that every one? toy. You just described every oh, cat yeah, toy. Oh, right. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, the Nico yeah. one though. The Nico goes beyond. Nico flies look like bugs. Oh, okay. Long green strings on a fishing rod. So you have like six feet of distance. Uh, no, note note the detail in that yeah. one. The, the, yes, with the fishing. They're rod. really nice. Uh, they're, they're they look and move like a like prey should move. Oh, okay. And cats react to it. So I'll break those out and I'll show people. Uh-huh. But mostly what I'm showing people is that they play wrong. Right. Because oh, because you have to let them catch it, don't you? That's like part of the thing. Well, is that they have to it. feel like they got it. But it's more about the chase too. It's like mm. there, there's often no chase. There's a cat sitting still, and then there's you wailing the cat with a toy, <laughs> like bang, bang, bang. <laughs> right. So you're bringing its mouse to to the cat over and over and over again. The right. cat sits still because they're like, this is fucking bullshit. Yeah. This, yeah, this yeah. is not even remotely real. Oh. So, but if you took that mouse and you moved it to the over here by the fridge, mm-hmm. and then went around the corner, and then around the to where the sofa is, your cat would freak the fuck out oh, because yeah, it's yeah. leaving. Right. And it's doing what a mouse would do. Mouse isn't in the middle of the room. Right. They're hiding. So when you make things harder, if you notice you just make something ever so just a slight bit harder uh-huh. in trying to see or, or catch, your cat is then elated to do more. That's so good. Which is why when I mentioned boredom being a part of every problem, like feeding. Mm. People feed their cats. Here's a bowl of food. Just pick at it all day long. You rob them completely of the ritual of hunting, catching, and killing food. Right. So my cubby, everyone uh, who follows me follows my cat cubby. It's oh, yeah, the munchkin Siamese. Mr. Cubbins. And he uh, he eats out of a treat ball every day. He oh, gets yeah. And it, yep. I mean, it's not ideal to hear him working on his food at three in the morning, mm. but it's better than him pestering or crying or meowing or paddling at right. the door or doing... All these things that we do when we contain a cat in a dark room to sleep with us when they're supposed to be active. That's right. The meowing and the aggressions. Right. Those are those are kind of even though they're kind of different complaints that you get. It's usually tied to the same problem. And this is this is actually laziness. a good laziness on the humans' <laughs> yes. part. I heard this too. This what this weird factoid that they did all this testing of circadian rhythms in animals, where they like had dogs and people and frogs and mm. all these crazy things that were in a room with no like light or darkness like they just left it light the whole time to just see if their like circadian rhythms of sleep would kick in and they did find that all animals including people have a natural kind of wake and sleep that their brain does right there was one animal that was the exception to the rule oh man house cats yeah they're the only one so like they don't have the same like nighttime daytime yeah as everybody else right. does, you Sometimes know. Sometimes it comes in waves too. I mean, depending on their age, yes. like a kitten is up and down, up and down, up and down. Oh yeah. Some cats, depending on their breeds, are hummingbirds, you know, or right. sharks in your house. Sharks, yeah, Just exactly. water through the gills, yeah, that's constantly right. moving, right? <laughs> Pacing around. But those are the cats that need jobs. And right. if, so if you went and got a, a fancy Bengal, mm-hmm. which a lot of my clients do, oh. I got a whole plethora of clients with fancy cats i bet you do um and also really small living environments that are not mm. conducive to a fancy cat with a jungle yeah lifestyle. i mean they they they're a little bit like dogs and that the more like the more a dog looks like a wolf the more yeah. genetically similar yeah. they are yeah. so you get these huskies that are living in apartments in san francisco that are not happy That's right. you get a bengal that looks like a wild animal in yeah. your house all day yeah, yeah you're gonna build have you build problems. up you build up. That's right. That, yeah, you build up. <laughs> you build up the walls. Yeah, that's all right. All the ceiling. Yeah. yeah. This is good, though, because, you know, I feel like, so this is something that, that I figured we could touch on, too, is that, like, you know, in a hospital setting, which is, like, my primary place that yeah. I'm dealing with the highest volume of kitties, it's just inherent in the process. Like, cats 
they they freaking hate that shit. Like they they don't want yeah. they don't want to be in a hospital. I often will tell people, you know, like even even your the best kitty in the world, like a stay in the hospital on IV fluids is a tall order. Yeah. Like there's just no way that you can make that 100% okay. Right. But there may be things that we can do that maybe help that situation. Like have have you ever had somebody contact you about a cat say that is wonderful at home? but hates going to the vet. Yeah, yeah. Like that That's, kind of a... And what what do you advise those people to do to kind of make their transition? Because I've definitely heard some things. Yeah. I feel like between between kind of keeping the carrier in the room all the time yeah. and that kind of thing. Have you heard that before? Yes. All right. So when I think of this whole... The first thing I think of is like, I want people to understand what is your cat thinking or going through in that situation, right? Yeah. And for us to, to to understand that, we have to have some form of analogy, right? Mm-hmm. So think of every alien abduction story you've ever yeah. heard of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how a cat feels. There's probing right? involved. Yeah. So they're suddenly they're thrown in a in their cat carrier and they're taken yes. in a car. And if they've never even been out of the house, oh that whole that's so crazy. Yeah. They're yeah, tripping yeah. balls <laughs> getting to the right fear and anxiety yeah they're tripping on their own adrenaline they're peeing themselves they're ha- they're at their worst oh my right? god yeah. or the opposite you you aggravate mm-hmm. and you crank up your glucocorticoids yeah right? yeah and you are now angry cat yeah. And no one can touch. The, I mean, the best case scenario is for them not to go through that. Right. Um, so, That's the thing. Is yeah. like the best case is right. not to have it happen. Right. But inevitably, but it like, has to happen. It has to happen. happen. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of how I feel like that's that's like the switch that we try to like flip is like how yeah. how much will this cat tolerate yeah. so, before it really becomes dangerous to itself, to us, you my know? My mind defaults to in-home veterinary care, uh, which is easy to do here. Oh, in San yeah. Francisco. We haven't really talked a lot, a yeah. lot about that. San at Francisco, the show. there's an app. There is. Yeah. Oh, and yes. a friend of mine runs a, um, a, a home veterinary yeah. Madrano vets. Yeah. Yeah. Marsha Madrano. Blue Sparrow vet. I know them too. Oh, um, very good. Keep, keep throwing out names. Um, but yeah, but it's they pretty come easy. to your house and yeah, they come, they come the they do regular price. checkups. I know there's one now that takes like annual, like every month you pay a $25 fee and you get, your coverage oh that's nice so i mean there's there's ways to so make it more comfortable it. in home but keep in mind if your cat if the problem is not the the process of getting the vet but be it's the problem of restraint or the yes. problem of a stranger coming right. in an in-home vet is going to go through that so make sure yes. your in-home vet is pretty damn savvy right um and that they know what they're doing that's right um i mean it's there's a lot of factors here in the vet experience it's the philosophy change most modern vets are now kind of differentiating where cats stay and how they're housed and where they're that's true we try to be really conscious of that like if there's like super barky dachshund in one cage you're not going to put freaked out kitty in the one like right next door like that's a basic down the street here to the emergency clinic which is a storefront you and the dog are sitting in the waiting room with your cat and it's all right in there because so, it's just not space. So, you know, I think that in some cases deprivation is better than allowing your cat to see what's going on. So That's right. That's that's right. Yes. So the eye covers. We love that. One thing to address is you. Again, going back mm-hmm. to you, the person who the has the, the cat in your cat carrier. How are you getting your cat to the vet? If you're just simply driving your cat to the vet and that's a terrible experience, I mean, and that's what you have to do. Allowing them to see what's going on outside of that cat carrier is can be ten times more terrifying. Yes, you also will not make it better by being present. Mm. So putting your hand in the cat carrier, oh look, I'm here with you. This is not a scenario that cats really default to in any yeah. case scenario where it's like, oh my god, thank you, I'm so glad you're here. Huh. Like, th- yeah, especially in these cases, they right. tend to just be so freaking stressed so that they can't out. see past that stress. Right. So covering the kennel is always a good idea. As you mentioned, leaving the kennel out as part of the landscape. Mm-hmm. They make actual beds now, cat pod beds that you just zip off the top and they sleep in it. And you zip the top oh, back on. Oh, very and you crafty. Take them. So it's scent, it's soaked with their scent. It's yeah, familiar. It's a familiar place. So this is the mistake we mostly make in this experience: is the knee jerk, rip off the band aid. The you're, alien abduction. You're comfortable in your house, non expecting, and now guess what? 
<laughs> probing. We we're going and you're going to get a yeah, a thermometer up your ass and we're going to oh. try and expel, you know, express your urine and we're going to I mean, everything is invasive. All and those things. My big thing with cats and the biggest thing I try to explain to people is that it is their sense of free will that they are protecting at all times. Right. And this is the relationship you mentioned like they are semi domesticated. If mm-hmm. that we have these cats that we are living in our box with Mm -hmm. we invited them in Mm -hmm. and they have taken over and none of this shit in your house is yours anymore that's right you might feel like it is (laughs) but trying to stop them from going where they want to go you are now you know compromising their free will yes right so that's all they want which is impossible to allow them to have yeah when we have to make them feel better quickly Or when they enter a shelter atmosphere. So some shelters are now seeing and doing, seeing the changes that they go through and trying to make a lot of uh, small enrichment choices that help them, you know, uh, yes. like hide and go perches or moving, you know, m- not cleaning around them so much. Or right. That kind of stuff. Oh, we like to do yeah. the little, one thing I, I remember Spot we've, we've yup. Yeah. And we've tried to do too, like give them like hidey boxes, yeah. like in their yeah. cage. So they right. don't have to be like front and center all the right. time. So, yeah. You're right. It's, it's small, small enrichments that you can yeah. do, I think are helpful. On my side of this, I'm seeing, so this cat goes to the vet mm-hmm. and then comes back. Mm. And now the cat who stayed home hates that oh, cat. Oh, yeah, that's a thing. Doesn't recognize that cat anymore. Yes. Right? Oh, my God. Yeah, you I get, get um, My friend would give me bit. these YouTube videos yeah. of her cat like just like, eating breakfast. And yeah. the other cat who didn't go to the hospital yeah. is just losing his mind. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's common in... Uh, so that's uh, the term for that is uh, non-recognition aggression. Okay. So cat suddenly does does not uh, perceive the, the cat or even a person sometimes. So like right. you can be a strange picture. You can walk in with that crazy costume you had on. Uh, there's a YouTube video where the person wearing the cat, giant cat mask turns and looks at the cats and they all fly oh, out of the room. Oh, and they lose their mind. Oh. So, you know, so imagine what your cat sees and feels and sometimes looks very strange and that can kick them into non-recognition aggression which Mm -hmm. then can become redirected aggression so uh here's your cat sitting in your kitchen here's your neighbor's semi-feral walks up and just sits in the window now Mm -hmm. your cat ah, aggravates swats at the window yeah and then looks to his right and sees either your cat or you and Uh then attacks you right right so these are things these are extremes these are that have to be they have to be tempered through scent exchange, through reintroduction, through time and it patience. It just takes time, yeah. And what often happens, what skews it, which shoots us off the chart, is that the person's reaction, the heartbroken reaction of seeing mm. their cats don't love each other anymore. They were mm. best friends last week. Right. They were loving each other. Uh, it's such a human response, yeah, right. you know, that you're like, they, these cats have these like complex right. social lives yeah. that have now Suddenly been... Suddenly they're animals again. Yeah. And, Ooh. you know, so, um, so that's big. And then one other thing that comes up a lot with me is I'm getting a lot of referrals. Thank God. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a double-edged sword of my life and job that I'm getting these referrals that are from uh, cat sitters uh-huh. who are being attacked. Oh, strange people in the home. Yeah. Yeah. So Fluffy's great, beautiful and friendly, but then they went away and with no warning, a new person arrives (laughs) and just walks in the door. (laughs) And then this cat gets irate and attacks them either upon entry or while they're trying to do their job, while they're trying to fill a food bowl or, you know, so that for me became a whole seminar. Wow. Where, uh, of information that I had to start trying to share with with cat sitters about not coming in and doing your job right like coming in with less of a purpose and coming in and sitting down and letting a cat get its bearings and introduce themselves to you and and mm. essentially asking permission for the, this experience not right. coming so in just and banging open the cupboards yeah, and pull right, right exactly like you got your schedule yeah. and you're on your phone Ready to go. and 15 all that minutes and... right so if your if your cat sitters in and out in that short of a time and the experience goes bad, you're not helping your cat by having that person come day after day after day with a predictable response. Yeah, because it doesn't get. It's not like the kitties oh, getting used to okay, it. Okay, forget it. Yeah. yeah. So, so what I try to explain is that like this is an this is a game of intentions. How cats make their decisions with people is the person with the less intentions towards them, the person who does not 
encroach on their free will, on their birth of protection. Mm-hmm. The person, the allergic one, the one who won't make oh, eye that's contact. Classic. classic. They just cats they gravitate, get it the right? most. So yep, they do. Your cat sitter has to come in essentially. I mean, it helps if you came over some test runs too maybe i, I mean yeah, i can't speak it helps for if cat they know sitters that, in their time no kitty and how you know i mean it's hard to do to just do that but right. there needs to be an intro process if you're being caught off guard by the behavior i understand no one knew that this was underlying mm-hmm. but there are some where they know ahead of time that might go bad and yeah, then it might be weird be better preparations oh, made. oh man yeah I, there was a cat that i had to uh uh pill a couple times a day that mm-hmm. was at my friend uh dave's house and that cat wanted nothing no part of that and the other kitties it was like they knew because i would come in the house and harry who would have to get his pill would be getting his pill yeah they they would leave the room yeah like they would see me coming harry harry wouldn't go anywhere (laughs) he'd be sitting on the ottoman like oh hey the other cats are like i'm done yeah Yeah. and they would all leave (laughs) i'm like oh man this is not gonna be good but it's the same type of thing where you know we would We'd come over, we would hang out with them for a little bit. Mm-hmm. We'd try to at least be the good guy for a little bit of time. But inevitably, yeah. there's going to have to be a moment where swift and, with, swift and with yeah. confidence, you have to take care of the situation. And I think, I think that's part of what we try to do in that. Now, we're very lucky that in the Bay Area, people are so savvy with trying to make yeah. the environment one that's not one of torture and alien right. probing, which right. inevitably part of it has to be. But we try. Yeah. So when we get these guys in the hospital that are the Bengals that are so, or a Savannah, we had mm-hmm. a Savannah in the hospital the other day, literally a wild animal. It's like, you don't even, that becomes a like hands off. Yeah. Like nobody touches this animal. It needs to be sedated. It needs right. to not remember what this experience <laughs> was. Yeah. yeah. For everyone's benefit. For everyone's yeah. benefit. Because it's just, it's just too much. And like, let's get Kitty back to normal life for kitty as fast as we freaking can and then they can be back with their people and everything is cool like we had this you'll love this we had this darling kitty named louie in the hospital for a while and he had a feeding tube for like five days i know because he wasn't eating and he had this bacterial thing and they couldn't really figure it out and he wasn't mean but he also wasn't happy you know he just sits he the whole reason he had a feeding tube is because he wouldn't eat he wouldn't eat in the hospital so he had to have this nutrition thing and when his owner came to visit him in the hospital which is it can be good it can also be problematic they don't necessarily want to be moved out of their cage which they just got comfortable into into another room they've never been in before so it's a bit of a judgment call in that regard but this kitty I brought this kitty in to see his owner and he was this big guy with his thick glasses, bald head. And he's like, Hey Louie. And in my arms, this cat was all. (laughs) Yeah. Immediately. And starts going. And I told the guy, I was like, listen to this. I was like, he's chirping, chirping away like a freaking bird. And he was like, Oh, he doesn't do that here. Like, no. no, there's no one. Yeah. There's no familiarity. Yeah. You know? Like that was his, yeah. that was his person. Right. And even though we try, you know, you try your best to give him a hidey spot yeah. and to give him like yeah. little toys to play yeah. with and all that. Sometimes it's just, it's let's still, just get this experience yeah. over as quickly as possible. <laughs> there was, um, I just thought of this, this story, um, a little like last year. Um, a friend of mine has a, has a really bad cat, mm. Coco the Calico. Coco the Calico. She's, she's not even big. She's this little thing oh. that, and she's the type of cat that uh, will attack you when when the pet sitter comes to f- and tried to feed her and she she smacked the food out of her hand oh, and then attacked man. her and the lady <laughs> the lady ran out crying. So I call my uh, my go to cat sitter friend Melissa Melissa Bolkelman. Yep, look her up. Yep, uh, she. <laughs> Because she's really savvy and she can she can deal right. So I was like, I need you to go in and and just get get in there and feed the get the cat, make sure the cat is fed and stuff. Well, because Coco's so bad, they have her hold up practically in a stairway. Oh, weird. Like from yeah. from the like two floors and then into the side room so that no one would be affected by her. Oh. And what Coco when so when Melissa showed up, she finds Coco. Yeah. Got has her leg through her her calming collar oh her calming collar yeah. so they put a calming collar on her just before they left and then it was a little too loose and she tried to get out of it oh, and now man. it's wrapped around her neck through her armpit oh classic and she, and she hates yeah you lose, all without her mind. the leg caught right so <laughs> so me and melissa get in there and uh it, it just so 
somehow they had a some kind of like plastic bin where she was hiding in this mm-hmm. thing and we with a top yeah. and a door on the side right mm-hmm. it was like we would do with a litter box kind of but just like some bedding in there so we basically took the top off and then toweled her as yeah and, and it was like toweling the tasmanian devil and then trying to get that off you know peacefully yeah, yeah. but we got it off we, we I, I ended up cutting it we had to cut it right we get her leg through it that's right and then uh, the out beast. the door we went oh my god but in the calming call yeah in the calming call <laughs> you had to cut that on, cut I'll it show half. you a calming color oh my god oh see okay so this brings us to um i had asked you before oh, about yeah. the self-inflicted wounds Worst so story, yeah. yeah i know right we have to do it right it's like every because everybody has yeah. one of these like stories all, from the trenches all veterinary technicians have the good yeah. cat scratch good cat yeah. bite story so yeah. There, uh, I, I kind of inherently think just doing our jobs is in itself a self-inflicted wound, <laughs> just because we know that we're dealing with crazy animals all the time. Uh, but I figured we could we could share yeah. our good cat injury Ooh. stories, right? And this is just the nature of I feel like they're they're the ones who are going to get you. Like mm-hmm. all veterinary technicians have the have the bite story. That's just the way it goes. And the it, I feel like nine times out of 10, it's going to be a cat that's going to be causing the worst of it, you know, just because they're, they're a little bit more agile. They're a little bit more slippery. And like when they're in the rage, those claws are flying. So I, I love that mine actually took place at your workplace (laughs) at the SFSPCA. (laughs) Oh my God. So, cause when they do these, um, student rotations and so I was in like the very beginnings of my veterinary career like baby tech going in there and I was working in uh I think it was probably just appointments that they were seeing you know so just like normal blood draw stuff but kitty did not want it like kitty kitty didn't want it and we had to like do the towel it wasn't necessarily an aggressive kitty but he didn't like his feet touched and so inevitably all you have to do back there exactly exactly so it wasn't even i feel like you know lucky for him it was like a blood draw that wouldn't take long but i think that the mistake that we made right hindsight being 2020 is that at the sfspca at the time there was there was not as much preference as to which leg you use for blood draws okay. now in emergency you never use the front legs for blood draws cuz that's where you're going to put your catheter in at some point in the animal's life and you right, don't want to mess right. it up so in this case this tech was like oh it's just one easy blood draw it's fine he's out the door let's just use his front leg i'm like okay. so his front one of his front legs was out and then the other one was he had kind of tucked it underneath his body like in a holster almost like a holster (laughs) like unsheathing a samurai sword oh oh, big time (laughs) and so i was like okay here we go needle in the and i'm a little nervous because i'm beginning this job but i felt pretty good about what was about to happen here and she had the towel like around his face so he wasn't going to bites anybody but as soon as i grabbed his front leg to put the needle into his little vein the other paw unhinged <laughs> from beneath the yeah, towel yeah. and he literally just went zip pop it was one claw in one very specific location and it was the vein right that like runs right on the top of my thumb like into my wrist and it was one of those you things you had to get a sharpshooter oh <laughs> It was like immediate problem, right? It was like everything was fine. Everything was fine. And all of a sudden, boop. And it was, it, it blew up like a balloon. Uh, Like it got really like black, the egg thing. The other tech that was there was all, oh, is that, are you, I'm like, time out, (laughs) time out, (laughs) break time. Big problem. And of course, you're not a paid employee. There, right. So yeah. you're <laughs> now you sort out your own medical care. Yeah. yeah. So we did the old like vet tech, yeah. like pressure wrap, yeah, like vet wrap bandage. on this. Holy go home. Shit. Right. Well, I've been lucky. Like well, I haven't had to. to the <laughs> that's what I haven't had to do. Yeah. That's what I've been really lucky with. I was able to just like clean the shit out of it and put a pressure wrap on it. It turned insane colors, like tie dye yeah. technicolor yeah. Yeah. all over the back of my hand for the next like, you know, five days. But luckily I have not had had to go have the hospital knock on freaking wood hospital yeah. experience for cats yet mm-hmm. you have a little embarrassing yeah you <laughs> had yeah. to go i did uh okay so <laughs> also spca related and uh, also in that time shelter uh, medicine one caveat i will you know and I'm, I'm i'm not trying to be proud or whatever but i don't get bitten that often it's good doing my job now and, good. And, the, and the truth is because it's not my job to push your cat to see right. just how far aggressive it can be that's right and then you're I, trying not to get yeah, him to do that sore subject and i just want to bring it up because i see it on tv all the time i know on the one cat show that's out on tv 
um, <laughs> the, that guy that, we don't speak the guy of. who that yeah the guy who's on TV and he um, <laughs> so you see him I saw just the other day mm-hmm. this cat was in a corner and he was swatted. I could have counted maybe at least 15 times, 15 yeah, see, different times. It right? makes good television. Yeah. Like that's what people want right. to see the car wreck. Right. Yeah. So that he, so the that, car wreck that's is why unfolding. that happens. And then it's like, well, you know what? Your cat needs meds. That sucks. Right. So that was great. So that doesn't happen to me. I don't do good. that. I don't want that. I, I more of like, let's talk through it. You, if this is happening, send me video. I don't need to see it. Right. I'm not coming to your house to, to show, to get a, a sample of your cat's territorial mm-hmm. aggression. Mm-hmm. With that being said, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I forget what year this was. Uh, I'm guessing 2000. And, let's say 2010. Okay. Uh, my coworker Jamie, who we both know, who yeah. I live in this house with, yeah. Uh, he and I were both working in the cat behavior department, mm-hmm. and part of that job, an un, sort of unwritten part into your job description, was you occasionally had to make a house call. Because someone could not return the cat they wanted to surrender. And that's never a good sign. No. Right? So in this particular situation, this was a cat who had been out of the shelter for God knows how long. Long enough for the records to be real fuzzy, but enough to go, okay, yeah, yeah. We have a microchip. That cat was here. Oh, man. And the person who adopts the cat. Moved out of the house, left it with the roommates who couldn't care less about the cat. And and why would you with a cat who as we found out very quickly, you was vicious touch. and dangerous. Yeah. Right? Oh, Jesus. So, uh, so we get in the president's car at the time. President oh, Jane McHugh let Jamie and I uh, <laughs> borrow her Prius, and we drove it all the way to the uh, outer Richmond, so yeah. way out there. We get to the house. We walk in, and, you know, like, we had gloves. I was wearing Kevlar on my – Oh, the gauntlets. Yeah, gauntlet you had the gauntlets on. With uh, leather yep. hands, right? Yep. And um, – we get there and the guy's like, yeah, cat's in there. Cat's in the in the laundry room, right? Jesus. So just imagine a small mud room type laundry room with a washer and dryer and a cat wedged behind wedged in there with the pipes and the cords and the, you know, plumbing. Yeah. Right. So Jamie and I are just looking at each other like. We don't get paid enough for this shit. I know, yeah. What the fuck <laughs> are we doing that's here? That's exactly right? right. And the guy leaves. All right, well, sort it out, basically, Bye. right? So they he just wanted the cat out. It was like calling an exterminator. You know, come and get this beast right. out of the come house. Come get the wild animal right. out of the house. And, you know, I thought I was pretty darn experienced, pretty savvy working mm-hmm. with cats in the shelter and moving them around, getting them into cat carers. Mm. Sometimes you take it on the chin. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so we struggled. To try to get this cat out of there humanely and right. without injury. Yeah, closing all the doors. Yeah, like, yeah. Mean, close it up. And every time I would go to reach in, I would get swatted. And I yeah. thought, ah, no, no, no big deal, swats. I got these gloves on. Mm-hmm. And on one reach, I went, to, I was like, we got to get him out. So I just figured I'd grab for whatever I could. And I grabbed at yeah. a leg. And I didn't get that leg in my hand very quickly before yeah. the cat bit through my uh, pointer uh, finger. Uh, you see this tattoo on my finger where there's a dancing cat? Oh, yes. I see the dancing cat. Dancing yes, cat yes. with a bow tie. Yep, well, you yep. can also see right next to it. Oh, yeah, it is. A puncture wound right right <laughs> next to it where this cat bit through my leather glove. and then That's a tattoo next to a tattoo. Yeah, halfway through my finger. And I, I will never forget this. Oh. And look, I pulled my arm out with the glove and I looked and the blood came out of the glove. Like came out oh. of the leather glove like oj style yeah yeah splooges just out splooges out and i'm like i need to go to the hospital and i look at jamie and we're like that we're done i mean what are we gonna do right. where are we gonna go from here so i no time out game over i'm yep. calling hello abort mission hello uh someone here uh we're gonna we're not taking the cat but first i need to address the fact that i am <laughs> bleeding i'm get yeah my finger <laughs> has a, a puncture wound through it almost like uh. i think it well, there's a bone there, so I think it hit the bone pretty good. Ugh. But um, so I run to the sink, and I'm just letting this sink water pour over the blood. Now yep. there's blood all over his sink and uh, a little bit on his oh, counter, and I just start grabbing for paper towels. Yeah, what else? Yeah. I wrap my hand in paper towels. Yeah. He co- finally comes out, and I go, oh, I got to go. I need to go to the hospital. <laughs> so <laughs> Jamie and I get back in the car, and just feeling defeated. And, uh. all, and, and I mean, and the, the cat in the room – 
problem is that now what i know right all of that and like now what, now right? what are we gonna do and and i'll be honest with you getting that cat if we did get that cat and brought it to the shelter oh, now what now what right nothing good will happen with that right? cat after that yeah so uh so i get to the hospital and i get my shots and everything taken care of yeah and luckily not like rabies concerned they, yeah. they weren't all crazy right. with the rabies thing that's so here's, good here's a shitty part of the story and i'm probably the blessing in disguise yeah. is that we call him to make another appointment to bring a feral cat trap we'll just leave the trap in oh, the yeah, there you go. house and let him trap himself we'll come get the cat right nah man don't worry about it what nah we uh we just left the larger room door open he's out he left he left uh he left out into the world out into the world he wasn't a cat out. so i thought all right maybe that's okay <laughs> yeah sure. yeah maybe that's so, the best case scenario at the time our feral cat uh coordinator marianne i think she uh she lived in that neighborhood so it was oh. like just keep an eye out this is what the cat looks like if you see it you know right we never heard anything from or saw the cat again but i know that that wow. cat would have been a really hard decision and and it probably would have come to an abrupt stop if yeah you could not medically examine or touch that cat that's it. that's right that's right so the so cat ended up making a decision for itself it made this a great decision <laughs> got the memo uh, yeah i have a <laughs> scar i'll never forget oh my god um, second to that story is a short one uh, the, another memorable uh, injury was at the, also at the spca where Always. a feral uh, you know that you know those like four to five month old black feral kittens oh the kittens touch. yes 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 gangly and they when they they were there when i was there yeah. when i was volunteering there they would be there so we before the new remodel of the spca mm. we still had rolling cages so oh, okay if, uh in, in the old building so if one kitten got under those rolling cages you oh, had to man. fish them out yeah so i fished them out and he bit right through the webbing of my thumb oh. Right in that yeah, little, yeah, yeah. Clean spot and didn't let go. Oh, so I pulled shit. him out with like an alligator hanging from my, <laughs> oh, my hand, right? And then uh, that, and that blew up. That went really. Oh, blew up like a balloon, poorly. right? Did they give you? Did they give you in like uh, antibiotic injections for the one that was the the tattoo the tattoo bite the washing machine kitty? I do not recall. Oh, I bet they. Did, I though. live to see to live through it. You live today. Through it. Yeah, that's so right. I'm gonna say that's our, you right. probably did the right thing. It was that, you know, whatever it was, Man. like the workers' comp doctor they sent you to. Oh, yeah, the urgent care yeah, one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting. I feel like the, like it, that situation in itself, I mean, it's not good for anybody, right? It's not good for you guys. It's not good for Kitty. But yeah. now you get to be in a position where y you prevent that from ever being the case. Right, yeah. I mean, now now it's a case of like, sure, I go to the house and I see this, what I, I see this cat who feels this way. Right. Strangers. And I start to... to break through the barriers of why they why why the cat's doing what it's doing and what they're doing as right. a reaction right because here's a cat who has a trouble with with novel things and novel people well those things going back to what we said before now we have to like all those things those factors have to play into this cat's sense of freedom yeah right how do we now this cat is pissed off he needs to control the world around him how do we allow him some of that control but how do we also not walk eggshells around that control because that feeds into it too? Yeah. So it's this whole psychology bit, thing I have to do. It's a bit of balance. Yeah. And now I like to think that now he's like out in the world. Yeah. Who knows? Ruling that Making block. Him, I think he was neutered. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> right. He, he oh, SBCA, he had to have yeah, been, right? Have been, so. Still ruling the neighborhood though. Yeah. That's all right. Oh boy. Well, DQ, I appreciate you taking the time to talk so with us so much. So you got to tell us where, how can we find you? Give us yeah. all the, give us all the deets, all the social bullshit. What did, yep. I'm an easy cat to find. Yeah. Uh, just look for at GoCatGoSF or go to GoCatGoSF.com. Love it. And contact the DQ. And I'll put all of that on the Facebook page. Cool. And, and like, in, I was going to say and the website, but yeah. I don't have a website. <laughs> you know, obviously I have to Nobody do that. Nobody goes to websites. Yeah, that's true. They're just anyway. on Facebook and Instagram, yeah. right? That's Oh my God. Total side note, but. You also introduced me to the only Instagram thing that I follow now, which is that Breadface oh, bread girl. Face. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. For those of you who don't know Breadface, take time out of your lives from the cat yeah, world. Take and a break from cats. Take a break from cats and watch this girl smash her face into like tortillas All, yeah. and babkas. All kinds of breads. Oh, it's amazing. It's a, it's a little sexy. I I'm have you to lie. thank for that. <laughs> It's kind of cute. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So that's awesome. Go see, um, go, go uh, contact Go Cat Go. Go, go, cat, go. And uh, and get your kitties in your lives. 
very much happy and very much how they want to be. DQ is here to help. Remember, remember folks, surrender yourself, not your cats. That's exactly right. And don't come see me at work, but do go see... Come see me at Go Cat Go SF. <laughs> there you I'll go. I'll come to you. I'll come to you. <laughs> All right, kids. Thanks for listening. Black and orange stray cat sitting on the fence. Ain't got enough dough to pay the rent. I'm flat broke, but I don't care. I strut right by with my tail in the air. Stray cat strut, I'm a Uh-oh. Hang on a sec. That's the ticket. All right, are we okay, jamming? Now we're, we're da- now, now we're jamming. A little glitch, folks. My headphones got compassion fatigue, so they <laughs> yeah, decided yeah. to just freaking... They just gave out. They said, nope. They the burned out. We're, we're yeah. done. We're done. <laughs> <laughs>